0: Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's Federal Law Enforcement Agency.
1: I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. <laughs> Welcome back, True Crime Archives, or our archivists.
0: Yes, welcome back. And for you archivists who are keeping open case files on some cases because we said we'd give you updates, well, guess what? We have some updates.
1: And it is more of an update than our last update. Uh, Our last, like, update was kind of more of, like, a review.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: This is, like, actual updates, and I did tease a little bit of it on our Instagram story this Mm -hmm. week. So, that's going to be the last thing we talk about, though, though, because that's, I think, the most interesting one. So, should I just jump right into it? Yeah,
0: what, how many, we got three?
1: three that i have updates with the first one is like somewhat of an update but it's still going to be ongoing but i still wanted to update you because i said i would update everyone mm-hmm. and it is still interesting and we can talk about the ins and outs of what's going on okay yeah so the first one is involving the murder of vanessa marcotte if you guys remember what was do you, I, we should have written this in? do you remember the name of that episode is like Pembroke. I, uh, Look uh, it Marco, up for me yeah, real quick.
0: Well, it's the one um, that's um, in, in Massachusetts. Yes, it's another one in Massachusetts. But I want to reference
1: the name so everyone can scroll back. If this is your, by the way, let me just say this before I start too. If this is your first time listening, you can go back and listen to these three episodes that we are referencing and listen to them before you listen to this, or you you know listen to this update uh, first. But Either you one. You can start. Follow.
0: Right. You can start anywhere. In in, yes. in in our our podcast, it's not designed. But if you get to something that we referenced before, just go back to it. It's not a big deal, right? This is the Princeton Jogger. The one. Princeton Jogger, that's yes. what we
1: named it. Yes, Angelo Colin Artis. He's been charged with her murder. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was arrested this back in two thousand seventeen. This is
0: the the guy. This is the genealogy, right? So the this is the, the, they remember had a, the cop. Yeah, he the co- driving right. So they had a a profile. Mm-hmm. They had a vehicle, a, a license plate, or a vehicle. A profile, Beautiful. Hispanic male, and a cop just happened to be, a state trooper just happened to see him drive by and say, Hey, he fits the description and wrote down the. On his hand. Yeah, on his hand, wrote the down license the license plate. plate. The next day they tracked him down, and they, okay, as it turns out, he's Hispanic. I think there was one of four in the, in the, um, Maybe it fit the profile. Yes. And yeah, so then they w- went to his house to yeah. collect the so DNA.
1: As a little more more of a reminder, a little backstory again. They show up. He's not there the first time they go to his house. His girlfriend's there and they tell him, hey, he doesn't speak English. You know, Bring a translator next time you come. Him and his girlfriend are from Puerto Rico, so they, they don't mm-hmm. really speak English. She speaks a little bit of English to translate a little bit. Mm-hmm. They go back. And they have that consent form to take the DNA. There's some translating back and forth with the girlfriend. However, the girlfriend says that the Spanish speaking officer they brought was speaking like a strange type of Spanish. So not a Spanish that they recognize. So there was a little bit of, you know, issue there. Mm -hmm. So now he was arrested back in 2017 And again, the last like little review update we talked about, he was still had still not gone to trial because he was appealing that DNA evidence. And he had actually had a first set of lawyers that he had fired. And so now he's working with a new set of lawyers. And that kind of plays into why the trial was everything was being delayed. Mm -hmm. So he was back in court in August of this year. So just a few months ago, still appealing the DNA that was collected during that investigation, his defense team is seeking to suppress that evidence, so that's that's the word I was trying to think of and they're actually going to cite previous case law
0: so they had a suspect they had him as as a lead mm-hmm. they had him on the radar because he fit the profile and they the the vehicle and the license plate, so they knew who he was. The problem is the DNA connected him to her body. the murder her her body. Mm-hmm. So and that convicts him. So he's trying to throw out the DNA collection, the the collection yes. and the search, the the seizure that you know the consent to collect and then the search of the DNA. That's what he's trying to get thrown out.
1: Yes, uh, there is still other evidence, though. We have a, so after they got that DNA match, they then went and found surveillance footage of him. I think was it like a mile away from the crime scene or like half a mile away from the crime scene buying gasoline and the gasoline right, but thing. Let, let me
0: explain that though. So. Because what he's trying to get the DNA thrown out. If the DNA gets thrown out, any evidence collected subsequently to that DNA gets thrown out too. It's the fruit of the poisonous tree. And they won't have a case. Right. So So that's important.
1: There's a lot. All of the evidence they have came after the DNA. After the
0: DNA. Right. They built the case. Right. So.
1: So Eduardo A. Masferer is his defense lawyer. So he's saying that the DNA waiver was I'm um, quotation in quotation marks improperly and inadequately translated into Spanish. In other words, it didn't explain his rights properly. So they're essentially saying that like the wording is very specific that they sh- it should have said and they should have voiced to him that it was voluntary and that's what they didn't do. Right. And so
0: the crux of that they they're saying not translated but but the crux of the constitutional I- issue is he didn't understand his right to say no.
1: Right. there, And there was another case in Worcester County that set precedence for documents like that to be properly translated and to ask for voluntary consent specifically. It didn't cite, in the article I read, it didn't say exactly which case law that we are referencing, but it, it sounded like the, the police had, they had come down pretty hard on the police in that, in that case because they were like, you need to make sure that these forms are better worded and that you ask for voluntary consent. The argument is that he was not properly asked for that voluntarily consent. Even when his girlfriend was translating, she thought it was mandatory. Eduardo said the police should have also voiced that he had the right to deny signing the paper. That's the important thing that they didn't do. So, so all they verbiage. didn't
0: Right, so they, it's very simple. The, they're explaining it. That's their argument in court. But it's very simple. He's arguing that he... Was not told that he had the right to refuse.
1: Right. And uh, his girlfriend, Rachel Lozada Vega, she actually testified on his behalf on on those things that the... Well, I hope so. She testified that they both thought it was mandatory. They weren't understanding and they were testifying about this type of Spanish that they were speaking and how it was very difficult um, she also states, though, on the stand that the state trooper, Lieutenant Robert Parr, did not actually read the consent form out loud, even though it is reported that he did. So she's saying, no, they didn't even read the consent form out loud.
0: This is all additional stuff. This is how they're going to lay out their, their defense, right? Mm-hmm. Now, let me throw this in just so our listeners understand. You can create precedents without even knowing that, right? Mm -hmm. By creating policy, by the sheer fact of something that, excuse me, the cops do routinely. Let's say the state police practice is to read it out loud, and and they've done that a thousand times, they're going to have a hard time uh, kind of trying to explain that away. So do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not the crux of, again, it's still very, very simple. He didn't understand his rights, his right to refuse. Right. But, if if the plea, if the defense can go back and, and say, look, this this is not standard. This is not what they do. It all lends to the argument of, of why he didn't have the consent, why he didn't have the right to, you know. Okay. Right.
1: Court was supposed to be back in session on October 22nd, and the judge had anywhere between August and October 22nd to have a ruling. I saw that it said that the judge could make a decision earlier than October 22nd. However, I was not able to find anything recent. The la- like the most recent thing I was able to find on this was August. So I'm unsure if they did have court last month or not. Mm-hmm. And then I was even, I even went to you know the Massachusetts, the police and the Worcester County DA's office, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even find anything on his case on through their website other than this recent uh, August. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they've gone back to court. So we are just waiting on what the judge has to say, but I'll tell you what, from the article that I read, it sounded kind of like, and it you know, it could have been biased. It sounded kind, it sounded kind of like the judge was leaning to throw out the DNA, like the way that the article was worded.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, I don't know. It kind of sounds like they're going to throw it out.
0: Uh, all right. I mean, it... it I.
1: So what I mean they throw it out they've got no no evidence at all.
0: No, correct because they but what do they have? Let's look at that. What do they have? Let's say they throw it out and along with it goes all the other evidence that came after it. What do they have? They have him as a suspect. Mm-hmm. That's what they have. They got that properly. They got a a they, there was a profile I forget how we had a profile. We, so we had a a, a witness. There was w- witness testimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? Was there DNA? Like, th- was there the phenotyping or something? They said a Hispanic male. I thought maybe.
1: Yes. So yes. the
0: DNA said Hispanic male, and then there was a vehicle, and then there was a a trained law enforcement officer who who saw someone match that description. So they have him as a suspect, right? They just have to go back and get his DNA again
1: i like following him
0: sure or they could i'm certain they could go say hey would you be willing to consent to your dna but he's probably gonna be like no yeah but they could go back and they could follow him and and wait till he wait till he discards dna somewhere and, and collect it so i don't know other than you know extending grief for the family and that kind of thing and then expending more resources for the police department on somebody they know already did the killing. That's what they would have to do. So I don't necessarily know that it's a complete bust. Yeah. And and prosecutors are going to be like, no, we need to go out to this guy because what do they know? That you can't turn off in your head.
1: He did it. They know he's the killer. The the, the DNA match. Right.
0: They they know Matched. he's the killer. So yeah. so that, it's not like they're going to be like it's not worth it. We're not going to go pursue the guy again. No. They'll have to go they'll, they'll okay, go get go get his DNA, go, you know. Yeah. Or they'll they'll do some more background information. I guess they could put together a case other ways and build probable cause and but they wouldn't be able to like bring up that
1: surveillance footage, would they?
0: What's v- surveillance? From for? the gas station yeah, because that I came think after that's the, what's a, first the uh, fruit of the poisonous tree. If something was So okay, so hold so on. So like and if they that did I pursue
1: charges without mm-hmm. DNA, they wouldn't be able to use that.
0: If if the ruling is they illegally obtained his DNA, mm-hmm. then no, they wouldn't be able to use it. This is a good point. Maybe I'm I'm not now my my knowledge is falling short cuz I'm not a lawyer, but if it's illegally obtained, then yeah, none of that will will matter. But so, if a
1: judge just throws it out, does that mean it's illegally obtained, or does he have to?
0: Yeah, probably. Like to
1: suppress it?
0: Yeah, pr- pr- probably. Yes, if you're suppressing it, it's because it's illegally obtained. Yeah. Oh, okay. Probably so. Okay, so this is what we're watching then. This is where yes. we're at, right? We're waiting for him to go to court. So this is yes. his appeal, right? His appeal? Yeah, or? so
1: he still hasn't gone to trial. This is the appeal to suppress the evidence. Oh, this
0: is a injury hearing. Yeah. He has a, here in, yeah. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, he hasn't even been to trial yet because of this. There's been no judgment. So I will definitely, like I said, literally I looked everywhere. The only the last thing i could find was august but it did say that he was set to be back in court october 22nd so i will still be keeping my eyes out all
0: right keep an, an eye on update. this one and let us know on instagram if you see something before we do but we're going to we're going to follow this one cuz this is important because we like to talk about the genealogy and we love to talk about how they go and collect the the dna afterward so we're definitely going to follow this one some more so that's the update for that and and more to follow so keep that one keep that case file open
1: Yes. And if you would like more information on the foundation that was created by Vanessa's uh, family and friends on Instagram, it is VTM Foundation. It's a Vanessa T. Marcotte Foundation. They do a lot of uh, women empowerment, self-defense. They do like all the 5Ks. There's, it, it, it's a really cool charity foundation. They have a ton of stuff that they do for women and just to support others. I would encourage you guys to go give them a follow and check out what they're doing. You can make donations. You can just give them support on social media. So definitely go do that. VTM foundation. I'll link it in the Instagram post. They're pretty active.
0: They're running like every single race out there in Massachusetts, every 5k.
1: Yeah. They have like, uh, like this one is empower women workout on November 20th. So they, like, especially if you're in the area, they do like self-defense classes together, workouts together, the 5 k's, all of that stuff. So it's, Pretty awesome. Oh, they did the New York City Marathon, too. Yeah, I will link that, too, in the the Facebook. Not the Facebook. Sorry, the Instagram. <laughs> we don't have Facebook. Our next update now, we're going to be talking about Angie Dodge. That was a pretty big case.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some other podcasts have actually done this uh, case as well.
1: Yes, I've seen it recently, Which, uh, and I had seen the update. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to go read that update. So if you don't remember, dad is pulling up the exact title and when this episode was. We'll tell you that in a second. You can go back and listen to this one. This case was a really, really good one. This involved wrongfully convicted man who was exonerated last year and the actual real killer was caught. So genetic genealogy in this case did two things something that I'm very passionate about. We talked briefly in that episode about it. It was actually Christopher Tapp. He was wrongfully convicted for the murder of Angie Dodge back in 1997, served a little over 20 years, and was finally released uh, in 2019, but he was exonerated just last year in 2020, almost a year exactly from when he was released. And because of genetic genealogy, that happened. But also, the real killer of Angie Dodge, Brian Dripps, was apprehended finally again after uh, over 20 years. Did you get it?
0: Yes. If you go April 5th, it's called, we called it determined a mother's tenacity led to the real killer of her daughter. So back in April.
1: Such a good story. Also the you know, Christopher Tapp, he was wrongfully convicted. Angie Dodge's mother, Carol Dodge, actually stepped in and is really the reason that genetic genealogy was able to be used and the reason that Christopher Tap got out she suddenly had to change it. like she looked at all the evidence she saw everything
0: well, she watched what was it 10 hours of 20 inter- hours 20, no, hours, no, it was 20 of, hours 20 of hours 20 hours interrogation and she said this this did kid not did it. not do it yeah. and that's what most like people have consternation yeah. with if you watch it he it's just i i just don't understand those cops had blinders on i mean when you watch it mm-hmm. The 20 hours, it just, you could just see the evolution of him, you know, putting up strong denials, which is mm-hmm. a good indication he didn't do it, to confessing to something he didn't do. So what was the update again? What did you say? I was getting there. Oh, I was I'm just sorry. doing oh, a little backstory. Oh, oh, okay.
1: Again, with the jumping ahead and no, we're just I'm doing so- updates. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to give everyone a little backstory yeah, so was... they remember, if refresh their mind. Yeah, go and, listen to the episode. There's a lot in it. Yeah,
0: they went after her friend's people she was associated with, because one of them... Well,
1: Christopher Tapp came up because he was friends he was with one of her friends. One of her friends and was, who, Yeah, who, and who he was, knew her.
0: Wasn't he convicted in another state for something, for sexual assault or something like that, if I remember? His friend, His friend was, if yeah. I believe correctly. Yeah, so it, they, they, there's like four of them, and they were attacked pretty bad by the by the police, mm-hmm. so...
1: Go listen to that. That was a really good you episode. Can,
0: and, and then you can do some additional research, too. There's a lot of stories out there, and then there's some other podcasts that, that did it. Yes. Um, so...
1: It's, it's pretty recent. I mean, this has been, again, I have an update, and he was, you know, Christopher Tapp was exonerated last year, so it's pretty recent. Yeah. Christopher Tapp was mentioned in the sentencing of Brian Dripps, actually. Yeah, yeah. The he, judge so he's, mentioned He's him. clear.
0: He was, he yes, was exonerated, he was exonerated. last clear. year. Last year.
1: Yeah, so June 8th of this year, Brian Dripps was sentenced to life with a minimum of 20 years. Angie Dodge's mom, which is Carol Dodge, and her two sons, Todd and Roger Dodge, actually made impact statements Todd and Roger went first. And so by the time Carol spoke, she like she was like, no, like my son said it better than I could have. She at one point, though, Brian was looking at the table. He wouldn't even look at her. She at one point called him out and was like, you need to look me in the eyes and not look at the table. And I was like, "Oh, okay, you go, Mama. Um,
0: Because it was it was the guy who lived across the street, right? Yeah, he was. He was
1: living across the street. And he did. He did confess that he went uh, or went across the street with the intent to rape her. But he did bring a knife. In his confession, he says, I don't remember stabbing her, but I guess I must have. You know what a dumbass. Yeah. But then at sentencing, he does like, he apologizes. So he, he's owning up to the fact that he did kill her. Uh, so in one stroke, he was like, No, I, I don't remember, but I guess I must have. And then mm. come time for sentencing, he had a change of.
0: All right. So he got time. convicted.
1: Yes. Sorry, it was I was I had already said everything that I was in the next part of my. Yep, he got convicted. He was sentenced twenty to life. So twenty being the minimum. Uh, The judge talked a lot about. The judge talked for like fifteen minutes. He talked a lot about uh, this type of crime and what the punishment. Obviously, the punishment is life. The duration of life, but at a certain point, like you know, Brian Drips is I think fifty-five or sixty something now. So, like, at one point, he's like, we have to bring into account, like, you know, life expectancy. When I'm, I, I don't know how long you're going to live. And he was talking about wanting to kind of go along with the plea deal that's usually expected. He goes, now, mm-hmm. I don't have to follow the plea deal, but it no, is. No,
0: judges don't, but they usually usually do.
1: Yeah, that's what he said. And then he did also bring up Christopher Tapp. And he said, you know, like, he basically told Brian, like, you didn't. You, you took like, two you, people's lives. Yeah, you killed Angie Dodge. But you took And then Christopher Tapp spent 20 years in prison because of you. Although I would also argue that the police. I said, well, your police force screwed up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Blame it on him. We don't
0: typically berate the police in this podcast. But this. You guys, I'm dying. This case. This case. To talk about making a murderer with him. Yeah. This (laughs) case. He won't. This case, the police. um, The police messed up bad on this one. They were they were amateurs. I've done interrogations. Listen, days they were amateurs
1: even if okay so even if we don't cover making a murder can you at least watch cuz you watched the, the tapes of Christopher Tap being in- interrogated can you at least watch the tapes of Brendan Dassey being interrogated we'll see but it's we're not talking, we're not talking about that right I'm now i'm just saying i'm just all i'm right. just saying i think right okay, everyone agrees so
0: this case is closed yep all right this Sentenced, case is closed
1: yep 22 life all right so I doubt he's going to get parole, though. Nah, because the judge also brought up he had twenty five years living as a free man too. Yeah, so he and has to his, do at least twenty years. Yeah, and then his defense attorney, she was, I don't, she was smiling throughout the whole thing. It, she was weird. She kept talking about because I guess she gets to talk on his behalf, and then he got to talk to, and I guess she gets to say a bunch of stuff about why he should have lesser time and she was talking about he's a grandfather he's a father he yeah he killed this girl one time but he never did anything bad for the rest of the 25 years can you imagine like what
0: does that sound like oh he killed one time but he he'll never do it again
1: i could not imagine being yeah. the family when and he she was like he killed one time but he never did it again i was like girl read the room you do not <laughs> like i understand you have to be a defense attorney you have to say these things but Sometimes it drives me crazy, the things they say. Okay, so that is the update for Brian Drips. We will not have any more updates unless something crazy happens while he's in prison, but he's been convicted and sentenced to life, basically. This next one is wild. Okay, this is the last update we have for you guys. This is the one that I teased on the Instagram story the other day when I saw it. You had already gone to bed and I wanted to call you immediately and tell you about it because it was just just crazy to me. All right. So we talked about Colin Pitchfork. Remember, we had been, as we started talking about genetic genealogy and the use of DNA, we always, we kept asking, what year was it again that DNA was first used? Like, that was always the question. And I finally said, screw this. I'm going (laughs) to just Google it. It was actually Colin Pitchfork. Uh, He was convicted, sentenced in 1988. So I guess technically the trial was concluded in 1988. It was the first case ever. To be solved using DNA. And it took place in England. Now when we covered this case. At the end of it. I had somewhat of a like current update. Because he was set to be released. Mm -hmm. So he had originally. His original sentence in 1988. Was a minimum of 30 years. So 30 to life with a minimum of 30. But in 2009. It was reduced to 28. So the minimum being 28. Because of good behavior.
0: We, we called it, it was titled The First.
1: Hmm, good title.
0: Yeah, The First.
1: <laughs> That'll be easy to find on the feed. And it was just back in like June, I think we did it, right? Yeah. So when we covered it, he was, he had already gone in, in front of the parole board and they had said, yeah, we're going to release you um, at that point. When we covered it, he had been, he had served 33 years. So the minimum was 28 years. So he had come up for parole like a few years ago and he went in front of the board every year and they denied him every year. This year, and again, like the families of the, his victims, uh, two young 15 uh, year old girls would always go and say, no, like don't let, him, don't release him. But uh, this year, they agreed to release him under very strict conditions. Now he had been on like this weird program where he was allowed like out to like go shopping and stuff. So there was actually pictures of him like out and about around the town even before he got this parole.
0: Actually, it, 1980s DNA, the first. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I must have changed the title. Um,
1: oh, because you had found it in the computer.
0: Yeah, sorry.
1: That's okay. It's still going to be easy to find it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah,
0: nineteen eighties DNA. The first conviction. It was June twenty second. So you were right. Okay. Mm.
1: So we did this. We covered this case in June. Now September first, twenty twenty one. He was released to a bail hos- hostel. Now the conditions that were put in place for his release. Listen to all of this. And this is apparently there's 30 more than just the ones I'm going to read to you that wasn't even listed. So there's something like 40, 50, restri- like maybe 40. I, might, so I don't know how many I've written down, but close to 40 restrictions, conditions on him being released. Mm-hmm. So he had to be electronically tagged. So he could be monitored wherever he went, he was indeed electronically tagged. He also was under surveillance, constant police surveillance. So they're like paying.
0: He was or is?
1: Spoiler was. Oh. Is I, I don't
0: know. Oh, never mind. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish.
1: He's. Su- Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to ruin that? I guess oh, using. I can't.
0: No, no. Go continue on. <laughs> continue on. I don't. <laughs>
1: okay, spoiler guys.
0: Okay, so so he was. Okay, start over again. He he was tagged
1: electronically tagged. Keep in so mind they this, is this is
0: England. This isn't the United States.
1: Right. These there's a yeah, lot of conditions. This is,
0: this is England, <laughs> so we're not tagging. Okay.
1: Yeah, electronically tagged, and he was under. He was to was to be under constant police surveillance. Which, like, think about. They're paying people. Mm-hmm. Okay. He needed to take regular polygraph tests. I couldn't find how regular. I don't know if that was weekly or monthly. However, based on the evidence I'm going to say talk about in a second, I feel like it was probably weekly. He was to let law enforcement know any vehicles he would be driving and who he talks to. He had to inform them of everyone he talked to, okay? Um, he was not allowed to come in contact with children, obviously. Hope that would be a given. He would also have a curfew, limits on technology, and limits on where he c- would where he could go. He's actually banned from Leicestershire, which is where the murders mm-hmm. took place, mm-hmm. um, unless he had special police permission, but he was completely banned from that. Mm-hmm. Now, those are just what was listed. There's like 30 more conditions, okay? okay? And I immediately was like, when is this again? This when did he get out? He was released September 1st. September 1st, okay. Yeah. And immediately in my head, I'm like, okay, if you need this much attention, this much limitation this these many conditions just keep him in jail right like you electronically tagged Correct. him and are surveilling right, him right
0: right 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 so just put him leave him what, in jail. what was it was this a covid thing or something no
1: this was just conditions based off of he's a murderer of two 15 year old girls yeah
0: but why are they letting him out how that's, many years did they let him out how many years he rolling? served
1: 33
0: he did serve 33 yeah he
1: served 33 the minimum they reduced the minimum to 28 but when mm-hmm. 28 came up he was denied those first few years it wasn't until this year that he was approved
0: and and they said well let's you get oh yeah, you, yeah you're, right. This you're right there's just many conditions right if they feel like they need all those conditions now the other thing that i don't know is is that a standard over in England? I,
1: no, I don't, it didn't sound like it. It didn't okay. sound like it. Because right. then as I was typing that on my notes, I said, mm-hmm. why? Like, that makes no sense. I was reading Don Ashworth, who is one of his victims. Her uncle actually said the same thing in the Daily Mail. Doc, uh, it's DailyMail.co.uk article that I read. He said, he's like, isn't it silly? Like, just keep him in jail if you mm-hmm. need all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, his release was super controversial. There was a lot of people who had problems obviously with him being released there was even a lot of people with the fact remember i said earlier he was on some kind of like special thing because apparently Mm -hmm. he's like a model inmate and he was had such good behavior so Mm -hmm. people have had issues with this all the time also what i thought was interesting the neighbors that lived in and around the hostel the Mm -hmm. bail hostel that he was released to they had no idea he was there. Yeah. They were crazy. not told. Uh, they came out and said to all the media, they said, we had no idea he was living there. No one informed us. No one told us. Well, last week he was returned to prison.
0: <laughs> what did he do?
1: <laughs> there was, and it's crazy because there was concerns. His parole uh, or the probation officer, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Had concerns because he was approaching young girls and their families on his daily walks. That right there is enough. He was getting too close to them. Yeah, that
0: right there is enough. Uh, That's enough.
1: Yep. He was getting too close to them and approaching them. And they said it was like he was trying to befriend them and be friendly with them. Also, those polygraph tests that I said that I mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. apparently. There are allegations of him trying to cheat those tests he was supposed to be taking by using breathing techniques, and that's according to the BBC.com article that I read. Yeah, it's called
0: countermeasures, and they they're trained to identify these countermeasures. The polygraph, examiners. which is crazy and interesting. Yeah, you, you're I didn't not going to get you you're not going to. That's going to be your quickest way to get yourself in trouble is to do countermeasures.
1: That's crazy. I had no idea that that they could know that
0: because you can Google that. Right, you can Google how do you beat a polygraph.
1: I can imagine you just controlling your breathing and Mm -hmm. not like forcing yourself to not be nervous. Well, I did not Google that. Don't do that. I'm just saying that in my head mm -hmm. that like that's what I would imagine it being.
0: He raped and strangled two teenage girls between 1983 and
1: 1986. Mm Teenage girls, fifteen years old. I believe both of them were.
0: And while he he, was married and had kids too, by the way. And he was approaching. Girls on the street. Okay, what else? Young girls. What what else happened? Didn't something else happen too?
1: No, it was just those two things. But the main concern. What was the second one? The polygraph. Oh, the polygraph. It was just. Their main concern was that he was approaching young girls. Here's the thing. There's
0: just too much. There's too many controls on him when they could have just kept him in jail.
1: That's, yeah. That's that's what Don's uncle was saying. That's my point. I don't understand why even let him out.
0: He went back to jail, and guess what? He's not getting out. He's, he's, he. Maybe this was a test pilot program or something and he failed it. Well,
1: remember I said there was a lot of controversy Mm -hmm. on even letting him on the parole board's decision to even let him out. Mm -hmm. This sparked an immediate plan put in place to investigate and change the parole board's policies and how they make decisions. Immediately they said we need to look at the parole board and why they're making these decisions and we need to fix it. So they're currently they're not releasing their plan, they're not releasing what's going on, but they said currently, right now it is under construction basically. They they are <laughs> fixing it. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> All right. I'm like yeah, I recognize they had a problem.
0: that okay. That's oh guy almost got, got away. He almost got out. Or he did get out, but he almost Yeah. Come on, you know what he was doing.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. He had a problem. So did he make
0: contact with his wife or anything, did they say? I
1: didn't read anything. I don't think. I'm pretty sure. Remember I said last time I couldn't find any information on his wife and kids? Yeah. Like, so I couldn't even find their names. He didn't so even get, get out of the hostel. Couldn't. So
0: the hostel is a term for, like, a cheap hotel that yeah. people backpacking across Europe stay at. It's In the a United, bail hostel. That's what?
1: It's a bail hostel, is what it was yeah, called. Yeah,
0: so what we we call those halfway houses. Right. Which is. Halfway house is the old school term, mm-hmm. but it's, it's. You transition back into normal society and you do have some strict rules if you go to the halfway house you know you i think i've check heard in. it called group home too yeah group okay maybe that's what it is now but halfway house is the um because you're halfway to yeah, freedom yeah. and there are some usually some restrictions that double checking on you probably peeing in the cup and not a polygraph and that kind of stuff but or electronic so, no tagging. no right so there are there are some things like checking in yeah you know and so that's probably what the hostel is. So And it did say like. But he bail- didn't even get out of there. Yeah.
1: He, he was set to eventually live on his own. Right. So, so all he those. Didn't even-
0: now that I think about it, Hannah, all those things might have been while he was in that halfway house, so to speak. In that. It well, said no. that those
1: were yeah those were going to be ongoing Permanent? conditions yeah oh geez. yeah, yeah. Okay. which again so like also why would you want to get out if those are all the conditions that are put on you
0: because you're out you're not behind but you're still walls. basically like yeah. you
1: you can't even talk to yeah. someone well, without look, having to almost, inform the police he almost
0: touched some girls again
1: I know and that but that's why like just go back to jail like keep yeah. him in jail I don't understand that I decision know. too right. and then you caused they caused the families all this tor- turmoil. And then even the community that had no idea he was living there. But no, nothing to fear. Okay, he's back so in he's prison. back in
0: prison. Okay, good. Yep. All right, Kate, that one's probably closed too then. Hopefully. Yeah.
1: I didn't think when I Googled it back in June, it was going to pop up with, he's <laughs> about to be released. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. So
1: fingers crossed he stays in prison.
0: All righty.
1: So yeah, that is all the updates that I have for you guys awesome i hope you enjoyed this episode do you have anything else to add or say
0: no no we'll just keep a list because from time to time we say we're going to follow up on this one and and you know hannah keeps that list running and we'll just pick yes. up when we get when we
1: we'll just keep throwing these out here yeah. when i am able to find updates and mm-hmm. put together enough information because i also want to have more than one update like i can't just make one 10 minute i don't want to just make one ten minute thing for you guys so thank you so much for listening Again, go back and listen to the three cases that we talked about. They're really good episodes. Follow, subscribe, download. You can leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate the five-star reviews. Tell us what you're loving. We are going to start sharing our reviews with everyone. I want to do it maybe weekly. And I would just love to share all of your guys' reviews. Follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. We're also on Twitter at TC Archives Pod. For all of the regular updates. And fun behind the scenes. And we will talk to you guys next week. Later. Bye.